Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Remember those two names because the Tennessee state legislature just catapulted these two guys to national prominence and probably superstardom within the Democrat Party. What am I talking about? Well, last night, the Tennessee House uh, of Representatives, which uh, has a supermajority of Republicans, voted to expel Representative Jones and Representative Pearson um, for taking place in a debate uh, a protest, I'm sorry, rather, um, calling for stricter gun laws uh, using a bullhorn after uh, just days after that terrible shooting in Nashville. By the way, a third representative, Representative Gloria Johnson, um, she was spared by one vote. And a lot of people are saying that this is racially motivated because uh, Representative Jones and Representative Pearson are both black. Representative Gloria Johnson is white. Others are saying because, yes, she did take place in this um, protest on the House floor and in the state of Tennessee, uh, she did not use a bullhorn. Now, I saw the videos from the protest, and it was it was spirited. Uh, it was a large protest, but it did not look like it got violent. And um, there has to be two-thirds of a vote in the state legislature to oust um, a, a, a elected official, another representative. And so that goes to show you that there is a quite an imbalance in representation um, in the Tennessee State House. Now, of course, uh, the, 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 the Tennessee State Republicans, they are defending this, saying that uh, these three representatives broke uh, rules of decorum and, and procedure, which is probably true. And I, I'm not saying that this should go unpunished, slap on the wrist, a censure, a suspension, whatever. But to remove elected officials unilaterally, let's not pretend that this was about decorum, okay? Let's call this what it is. This is the Republicans seeing an opportunity to either widen their supermajority in the House or make an example of a political opponent or to just silence speech over gun laws uh, just days after a horrific mass shooting in the state. It, 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 and, you know, if, if their aim was to expand their supermajority, it's not going to work. Chances are these two representatives will be reappointed by their, um, their, 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 their county uh, committees, and they'll probably be reelected again in a, a special election, which is a complete uh, waste of time. But what they ended up doing was going against the will of the people, leaving Nashville, who is Justin Jones's uh, district, and Memphis, who is Representative Justin Pearson's uh, district, without representation to pl- prove a political point that's going to ultimately be moot. And, and here's what I would say. Okay, all these representatives were doing the exact same thing school children around Tennessee are doing. They are calling uh, to at least re-examine lax gun laws and see what might be uh, what what could be done to maybe make things a little safer moving forward. So what I would say 
to students in, in Tennessee who might be worried about their safety at school, pay attention. Pay attention to who is in the state legislature here, silencing the voices of other people in the state legislature who are trying to represent you directly. You know, as far as I know, the the legal voting age in Tennessee is 18. And I mean, even if you're even if you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you go to school, you feel you feel unsafe. You wonder what state uh, why why not enough is being done to try to keep you safe. Remember this because eight to six years is not that long of a time. And if you're older than that, you might even be voting in the next election. Pay attention to who's doing what and who's working in your best interest and who is working against it. This is only the third time uh, a member of the state legislature has been ousted in Tennessee since the Civil War. The first one was back in the uh, 1980s, I think, um, for, for bribery. And then another one was like uh, a little bit more recently. I don't have the date in front of me um, for sexual misconduct. So those are your crimes. Bribery, sexual misconduct, um, raising a ruckus on the House floor with, with a bullhorn. Those are the things that get you expelled from the state legislature. And uh, Gloria Johnson, she represents Knoxville. She is the uh, state rep who was spared um, by one vote from being expelled. Um, here is what she said when somebody asked why they think that she was not expelled and the other two lawmakers were. I will answer your question. It might have to do with the color of our skin. There you go. Draw your own conclusions. Supreme Court Justice Justice uh, Clarence Thomas is in some hot water and is facing some scrutiny and questions about a friendship that he has with a mega donor to the Republican Party. ProPublica uh, reported on this the other night, and it says uh, that uh, I had the dude's name here. Ah, Harlan Crow. Harlan Crow, good friend of Clarence Thomas. Um, has uh, allegedly lavished him with luxurious gifts such as um, vacations and trips. And um, a lot of people are wondering if, uh, you know, this, this, this Harlan Crow fella, who is very uh, pro-Republican, um, has used his money and influence um, to sway any of Clarence Thomas's Supreme Court decisions now uh propublica I, I i feel like they're taking very advanced uh very um what's the word objective approach to this they're taking a, a an objective approach to this uh they point out that look i can't you can't really point to any supreme court decisions that he made that could have been swayed one way or another by donor harlan crow um there's no code of ethics in the Supreme Court. Um, they are forced. Uh, they are forced to disclose um, certain things. They're not forced to disclose meals or trips or uh, stays at a private residence. Where if you're a millionaire like Harlan Crow, you probably have a lot of private residences all over the place. So you probably can take uh, your influential buddies onto trips to a place that you. Um, 
have property or a house, and you get around that loophole that way. Now, the Supreme Court, they do have to disclose any trips they've taken on private jets. However, that rule is, um, it was put in place last month. So it's not clear if these judges have to go back through their, their entire legislative career, their judicial career as Supreme Court justices, and uh, disclose private jet trips that they've taken or if it's just moving forward. But as of right now, although it is suspicious, not any more suspicious uh, than um, Ginny Thomas, his wife, sending text messages to uh, Mark Meadows, former Trump chief of staff after the election, talking about how it was stolen. Uh, You know, this kind of pales in comparison to that. Also, if I'm being fair, I would have to look at what other kind of perks and benefits uh, other Supreme Court justices have received, pardon me, before I start getting out the the torches and pitchforks against Clarence Thomas. Uh, this, this Harlan Crow, he has also made large donations to both Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, um, who are known to be more conservative members of the Democrat Party. So right now, this is just information. I, I you know, I, I don't think that uh, Clarence Thomas, at least in this case, has done anything to merit him getting removed from the bench. But it does bring, I, I think it does prove a point that I've been trying to make, that the way Supreme Court justices are, are appointed is just outdated. It, 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 it dates back to years where people would, if you live to be over the age of 40, you were old, um, lifetime appointments made by presidents, I think, has made this process very political. It has been all political my whole life. It started becoming political after uh, Antonin Scalia died and the Republicans blocked Barack Obama's uh, Supreme Court nomination, uh, Merrick Garland. And it became even more political after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and Republicans did an about-face and rammed through um, their uh, choice of uh, Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court after saying they couldn't confirm um, Merrick Garland because it was too close to the election uh, and that Obama was going to be out of office and that uh, he wouldn't be able to, it wouldn't be fair for him to appoint a Supreme Court justice that close to the election where Ruth Bader Ginsburg died much closer to the election than Antonin Scalia. Anyway, uh, I'm going on a tangent here. Uh, but 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 proves my point that the Supreme Court nomination process um, is 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 a political football now. And nowhere else, as far as I know, well, I don't want to say nowhere else. But on the local level, we pick our judges via election. That way, if you don't like the makeup of a court, that way, if you don't like the way, a uh, judge rules on certain things, you can vote him out. There's no accountability on the Supreme Court. And I think the fact that somebody could be put into place for 30, 40 years, that uh, you can, one president, if he happens to get a few Supreme Court deaths in his term, can set the course of 
of, of political legislation for decades and decades. I think that's not what democracy is. So, although I don't think that uh, Justice Thomas, there's anything that you can oust him on here. I think that, uh, again, it, it, it brings into focus that uh, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court and how it's run may merit some reexamination. Uh, Governor Whitmer, she finally signed the bill that repealed the 1931 abortion ban. And I got to be honest, I, I thought this thing was signed, sealed, and delivered. I, I guess it, it, I guess it passed, and then she finally, um, she finally signed it the other day. And this is just—I I mean, this is just a bookend um, to a lot of things that were set in motion after Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, of course, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, it sunk uh, Tudor Dixon's gubernatorial candidacy before it even began because she went on uh, to a lot of talk shows and said that she uh, she is for outlawing abortions, no abortions in, under any circumstances. Uh, she said that on the Charlotte Duff podcast that was picked up, running a political uh, ad Charlie Duff wasn't really happy about it because he didn't want he want he wants his show to be informative and and not used as a political tool by one party or another. Uh, but with that being said, it was used in a political ad and that was very effective. Uh, in fact, I I think it sunk almost the entire Republican Party um, in the 2022 midterm election, save for Florida, uh, because I I think the voters were. They were concerned with how fast Roe vs. Wade was overturned. I, I think that uh, everyone thought that the aim was to chip away at it over time. And uh, first chance they got, boom, it's gone. And I think most people, they don't have their minds completely made up about abortion. I, I, I think your average voter are, are not for killing babies at nine months because you decide you don't want them. But I think they also realize that it needs to be a medical option if a woman's health is at risk or the baby's going to die in the womb. Um, anecdotally, I don't know uh, every woman in my life who's had an abortion, but the vast majority of them, the abortions were not elective. They were planning to carry their pregnancy to term and something medical happened and it was um, either for the mother's health or the baby was dead in the womb and they didn't want to carry the baby to term. So, I, I, I think that even people who are not super pro-choice saw this and said, wow, <laughs> um, these, Republic these Republicans work fast and uh, there's no gray area with them. So I, I think that spooked people and, and uh, the, the, the Democrats had a great night and the Republicans had a terrible night. It also set into motion Congress making gay marriage a federal law. And you might be thinking, what does one have to do with the other? Well, speaking of the aforementioned Clarence Thomas, after uh, Roe vs. Wade was overturned, he wrote in his opinion that, hey, this is great. We uh, overturned Roe vs. Wade. Maybe we should look at these other laws. Maybe we should look at, uh, maybe we should look at contraceptive rights. Maybe we should look at uh, uh, a, a sex act that's, if done consensually, in the privacy of one's own bedroom is completely legal. And we should re-examine gay marriage. And that freaked a lot of people out. And 
you even had some disharmony on the Supreme Court. You had uh, Alito saying that the overturning of Roe versus Wade was only about Roe versus Wade. There's not going to be an eroding of other people's rights. Um, uh, then again, Clarence Thomas, what he wrote, uh, made people not not really trust that. Judge Roberts, actually, uh, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, he actually only wanted to overturn the Mississippi abortion law, uh, but not Roe versus Wade itself. But he was outmatched uh, five to four. So uh, and, and then now with Governor Whitmer um, overturning the 1931 abortion ban, uh, it's just kind of the cherry on top of a lot of things that were set into motion um, once Roe vs. Wade was overturned by the um, newly sworn in conservative uh, Supreme Court at the time. And uh, before we get out of here, I don't know if we should have a fragile dude, Bud Light boycott update. But uh, we have another grown man throwing a hissy fit over Bud Light and representation. Of course, uh, there's been a uh, brouhaha, no pun intended. I just couldn't think of a better word um, over Bud Light because they put a rainbow on their can and they are working with transgender active uh, transgender activist and Instagram uh, influencer Dylan Mulvaney. And of course, uh, you probably see your Republican uncle out there posting memes about how I'm not going to drink Bud Light products anymore. And uh, here's a list of Bud Light products. Uh, don't buy these because because they support the gays. Uh, well, now, country singer, songwriter Travis Tritt announced on Twitter that he would be removing all Anheuser-Busch products from his tour hospitality rider. I'm not even convinced that this guy still gets a hospitality writer for all the county fairs that he's probably playing. Uh, he tweeted that, I will be deleting all Anheuser-Busch products from my tour hospitality writer. I know many other artists who are doing the same. And then he posted a picture of uh, RuPaul in an ad that uh, she did for Jack Daniels. And he said, uh, Jack Daniels drinkers, take note. And I don't know what the damage is here. All right. I, I mean, you can't use kids as a prop here saying that uh, these drag queens or these 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 transgender individuals are trying to indoctrinate your kids because the, the, these are drinks that you have to be 21 to even buy, let alone drink. So just come out and say that that you're skeeved out by the transgender community. Just I, I mean, there's really no other there's really no other explanation other than that. And, and you're not even really trying to hide it. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, these are adult products. These are adults making decisions. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry that uh, that might upset your sensibilities. But again, a lot of these F your feeling crowds are getting mad uh, over something so uh, over representation. I, I guess I, I, I guess I'm, I'm lost on words of this. I'm just so incredulous that, uh, you know, not only is this intolerance, not only does this intolerance exist, it's just it's just so public and people think they're being heroes and there are other people applauding it. I don't know. I don't get it. Have a good weekend.